Welcome to Season 3 of the Self-Care with Busi podcast, a season that is all about unlearning and learning. With each episode that you listen to, may you uncover those beliefs or thoughts that don't serve you. Unpack and unlearn them so you can make space for new thoughts and beliefs that will move you towards being the best version of you. Today, I have Lee Joy joining us and we're going to be talking about things that she's had to unlearn and relearn as a recovering addict as well as being an adoptee but where I want us to also take the conversation because of the work the line of work that you're in is for you to bring in experiences that you've noticed or things that you've noticed that people who come to you for support have had to unlearn with whatever it is that they're reaching out to you for. So share your experience as well as certain things that you've noticed a pattern with that people have to have had to unlearn. But before we get into all of that, you know, you're, you're definitely not new to my, my podcast. We had a conversation on my first season and that episode, I would encourage everyone who is listening now to go and listen to that episode. And the title of it is Dive Deep Into Your Soul and Emerge With Your Truth. So I think just, can you please reintroduce yourself or introduce yourself? Because for the YouTube channel, it will be the first time that people get to see you. But just tell people who Lee Joy is and what you're all about. So I, I'm a coach and a counselor, professional speaker, and I work, I've worked with addicts and I've been working with addicts for the last 10 years. And I specialize in teaching people how to live balanced whole lives. And a lot of my clients journey from, from trauma to wholeness. And one of the questions you asked was, what is it that a lot of my clients are having to unlearn? And I think if I had to choose one is that it's never, you're never too old to have a happy childhood. A lot of the oh, people wow. that I work even myself, I had a pretty shitty upbringing and I did some therapy or well, I've been in therapy for many years, but early on in my therapy, I was told I was never too young to have a happy childhood. And I was like, how is that even possible? That's Everything- what I'm thinking right now. <laughs> so, you know, like it was just so appalling. And she was like, no, but think back to when you first ate candy floss. So I was like, I can't remember that. She goes, okay, well then a time you ate candy floss. And then I was like, Yes, at the Rand Easter show. And when did you have your, when was, did you have an ice cream at the beach? And I was like, the wimpy at the promenade. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Like I had to really like, dig deep into parts of me. Like what is my favorite uh, farm memory, child, childhood farm memory. And I was like getting bust smoking twigs <laughs> by my uncle, you know? So she was like, see now you have gone and memorized and you, your memory is so hardwired around all the trauma that's happened in your oh, life. Oh yes. Played over and over and over. Like you imagine, like it's like a highway in my brain, you know, but the, the good memories are like a footpath. So the more I remember the good memories, the bigger that highway will become in my brain and they will eventually overtake the shitty memories. Right. So she wasn't like, I want you to totally forget about your past and ignore the trauma. She was just like, we need to hold space for the good and the ugly in your life. Because, because if we there only- was some good. There was some moments, you know, yeah. Uh, 
so so if there's anything that I really um, hope that my clients get out of the work that I do with them is the unlearning that their life is completely miserable, only miserable, and to relearn a relationship that they have with themselves, their past, and their present, so that their future can be something that they'd be proud of. So it's not just a reenactment of trauma. They're not just living from trauma to trauma. Yeah. And I think that makes me think of things in a different way. Like I've never thought that as much as we're going through a lot of things in life, we choose, like we can choose to focus on the good things that have happened. Something it's already in the past. You can't go back and change everything that happened. But instead of just choosing to focus on only the bad, you can choose to focus on what are some of the good things that I enjoyed and I did. And that is, that is so powerful. That is really beautiful. So now in your own journey, when it comes to being a re- recovering addict, what are some of the things that you've seen you've had to unlearn over the years? I think the first thing was, or not even I think I know, the first thing was that I'm not a bad person. I had always reckoned that I was very, I was deeply ashamed of who I was. And for your listeners that are not uh, familiar with the difference between guilt and shame, guilt is I've done something wrong. Shame is I am something wrong. So it's an inherent, so I was, I felt guilty about my behavior as an addict, but I also felt deeply ashamed of who I was. I felt unwanted and seen and unloved. And just for those that didn't listen to the first, we're going to do a spoiler. Yes, let's spoil. (laughs) (laughs) We intrigue them to go and listen to the other one as well. But I was adopted and um, my mom was killed by an elephant when I was four and I was given up for adoption. And so I grew up believing that I was unwanted, unseen, and unloved. So I had to, coming into recovery, part of the process of recovery from addiction was that I'm not unwanted. I might not have been, my dad might not have been able to take care of me, but that doesn't mean I'm I'm unwanted. My adoptive parents might not have loved me, but that doesn't mean I'm not lovable. So there were what I call limiting core beliefs that I had that were so entrenched like that highway in my brain that I believed that I was unwanted, seen and heard. So therefore I behaved in ways that people then rejected me and didn't want to be around me and didn't want to see me and didn't want to hear me. So there were self-sabotaging behaviors. Yes. Yeah. And so I needed to learn and start a journey of surrounding myself with people A, that do want me, love me and see me. And how did you get to a point where you realized that you had that self-sabotaging behavior? Because I think that if maybe you, you think, okay, I'm unwanted and maybe nobody wants to love me and you're doing things that keep making that a truth, that you see things and you're like, oh, but I, I knew this is how I am or how people are towards me. So it's nothing new. But when did you get to a point where you realized that this is not the truth? I can be lovable. I am someone who can be wanted. And there's certain behaviors that I have that drive this kind of behavior. And I want to change that. I had a moment in a therapeutic session with my husband. It's called Imago therapy. It's a very, very powerful form of couples therapy. And they've got a very specific way that they teach you to communicate with each other. And basically, 
what the therapist had done is that she had regressed me in, in the therapeutic process. She had regressed me to when I was a four-year-old and regressed means taking me back to when I was a four-year-old. And she encouraged me to speak my truth from that place. And in that place, I spoke about how unwanted, unloved and unseen I felt. And so my husband and I have been on a journey for the last three or four years in where I say to myself, I'm wanted, I'm seen, I'm heard. I say that every day to myself, but then he also says it to me. And I ask my higher power to say it to me as well. So I have three places in my life or people or people. I mean, God's not a person, but you know what I mean? Like aspects know, yeah. to me in a way that has helped me to rewire the way that I see things. When it comes to maybe people that you're having a conversation with, clients that will come to you and they need some kind of, of help, how do you guide a person through the process of learning? So they, they get to realize maybe that this is, you know, what I need to be unlearning, things that are not true, that I've convinced myself are true. How does that process look for you? What do you do with your clients to help them? So it depends. If it's a group, then I, we do what is known as an echo chamber. An echo chamber is, so the client would write down their limiting core belief and then I would encourage them to choose. And often we have like five or 10 limiting core beliefs. We don't just have one or two. But I I ask my clients to choose the one that's the most um, profound for them, that they would really, that would really make a big shift in their lives if they believed that it was positive, the positive rewording of that limiting core belief. Mm -hmm. And then I would stand in front of the room with them. And then everybody in the room would say, so say mine is I belong for argument's sake. Then the whole room would say to me, you belong, you belong, you belong. So you say it like over and over and over. And then each person gets a turn. And what's really profound in the work that I've seen is that there are five or six core beliefs that we all kind of have like I'm not enough I'm not beautiful enough I'm not smart enough you know I'm not enough that's the one I don't belong and then about beauty and intellect you know those two depending on whether you're a man or a woman and even that's a bit broad but there's there are a few that that we all can relate to and it's very interesting that when we go around the room and there's often about 20 people in my in my group sessions then you will get to hear that that one five times over but then 20 different people's limiting core beliefs and or the positive reframing of those limiting core beliefs and they it is very powerful to see the shift in the room and to see people are like there's that deeply wounded part of who we are that gets to hear something different and it's very very moving very 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 seldom is there a dry eye in the house yeah Um, i can imagine so it's very, it's really beautiful work. When it's a one-to-one uh, session, then I'll keep remembering what that, what their key phrase is. And then at opportune times, I'll drop that key phrase just to remind them. And then to go and teach their husbands or their children or whoever they love, their best friend, the positive core belief, and then get people to say it back to them. But it has to be the three-way thing. You, we can't just expect other people to do it for us. We have to do it for ourselves as well. Yeah. And then 
sometimes somebody can't be there for us when we need it and we're feeling stuck in our smallness so we can't say it so that's why i say that the third person or thing must be something greater than you so god whatever whatever you believe in yeah yeah so now in your own journey do you feel as though the unlearning and learning is something that has been a continuous journey or you unlearn one thing, you learn a new thing and you've just kind of stuck with the new learning or that new thing that you learned has evolved over time. Like what has been your experience with that? I say that life is a process of becoming and the process of becoming is not a linear process. It's a spiral. And when we speak about spirals, it's like the onion layer. Like we just, like we, I just get to have an understanding about something and then the universe drops me into a different consciousness and I have to understand it from that perspective. So it's always a changing of perspective. And I think that ultimately I know that I've healed that aspect when I've come to being able to hold compassion for myself and for the other. Then I know that I'm ready to progress into another aspect of myself that doesn't hold compassion for people or for myself. So that's why I said to becoming because it's a, it's a spiritual journey of coming closer and closer to our own sacredness. Yeah. Yeah. And if a person is maybe listening and they're thinking, okay, I have certain beliefs and maybe they recognize that it's things that are not serving them, but they, they probably feel stuck. They might not know when exactly is the perfect time for me to reach out to somebody like Lee Joy so they, they can help me through, you know, getting to a point where I, I'm rewiring the way that I think and I'm having thoughts and holding thoughts that actually help move me forward. So when would you say a person would know that, okay, this is the best time for me to reach out? if they're feeling confused a bit and they're not sure if they should or they should maybe still try to do things themselves and they just they just don't know when is the best time for someone to say okay i'm reaching out to lee joy and maybe this is what i even say to her if i feel confused i've always likened if i listen to my clients and i and i ask them so so at what point in your life did you decide that you needed to reach out at what point did you decide you know, I, I've been going at this alone or I've been speaking to my friends or my mom or, but I just, it's not shifting. I'm not, I'm just keeping stuck in this, in this one place. Uh, A, when did you know that you had to get help? And B, why did you choose me? Because I believe my clients choose me just as much as I choose them. Yeah. And one was they realized that no matter who they spoke to, it didn't shift. And two, they, often people will say, I just, I don't know. There was just like a feeling like you were the person you came across my internet search or I heard about you or, and, and I often, my first session with a client is a, what I call a chemistry session. So we both check each other out and see, because I'm not for everybody. <laughs> yeah. We're not, we're, all of us, I think are not for everyone. So I, I, I'm, I'm quite straightforward and I tell it like it is, and that's not everybody's cup of tea uh but other my clients that that i've been working with for years love me because that's how i am so if somebody comes and sees me and it's not a therapeutic fit then i'm i'm very happy to refer them to somebody else but they know inside of themselves pussy they get to a point where they're like i can't carry on like this anymore it's almost like you feel like a donkey hitting your head against a wall and you're hitting your head against the wall, thinking that the wall's going to fall, but actually but it doesn't. It doesn't. 
I think that makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. And it's also very key. And I think it's a, it's a great thing that you, it's not a, you know, I'm a one size fits all for everyone. You know, I might not be your cup of tea, but there is somebody out there for you. You just need to continue searching if this is not the place for you. So is there one thing it doesn't have to be one thing, um, but something that you can say to somebody who is watching or listening in their unlearning and learning journey that can help move them forward in the right direction. Something that you can share with them that they could try, maybe they read or they do. So I see in pictures, right? I see mm-hmm. in like visions, like uh, movie clips. And the picture that I'm seeing is often our minds don't tell us the truth of things. It might feel like the truth and it'll tell us the truth, but it's not necessarily the truth of what's happening. And if I could give anybody advice, I would say, go sit alongside yourself and give yourself an opportunity to look at whatever situation it is from a different perspective. And the lens through which you look at that situation the invitation would be to show deep compassion for yourself, deep, deep compassion for yourself in that situation. I believe that that's the journey to wholeness. We get taken to different situations so that we can learn compassion for ourselves because we mess up and we can either then get hard on ourselves and berate ourselves, and uh, which means that we then triggered and behave poorly in other situations. Or we can come into a space of consciousness and we can look and go, ah, I did it again. Okay, how can I show compassion for myself? How do I take responsibility for my side of the street? How do I go and apologize? And what's the next step? And I think that we can only make that conscious shift is when we are deeply compassionate towards ourselves. And when we hold that deep compassion for ourselves, we're able to give it as a gift to others. I really, really, really love that because I'm always saying, I think that's the one thing I always say, like, remember to be kind to yourself. Just... It's, that's where I think a lot of things are going to start and pour out even to other things that you do on a daily basis. So now, how does Lijoy take care of herself? Like this is like a self-care channel, you know, self-care podcast. And that's the one question I always try and ask. How do you take care of yourself? So there are different ways, right? So self-care is physical, social psychological, emotional, mental, spiritual. There's so many different aspects uh, to self-care. And physically, I do yoga, I drink water, I do breath work. I have my manis and pedis and massages and hairdos. That's, so that's from a physical, and I eat healthily uh, from a physical point of view. Mentally, emotionally, and psychologically, I have an amazing team of people. I have a spiritual coach. I have a supervisor. I have a couples coach, I have a a professional coach. So I have different people in my corner that I can bounce things off and see a different perspective. Professionally, how do I take care of myself? I, this has probably been my biggest learning during lockdown is not to be quite so in my masculine and just push, 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 but learn and go, 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 but also learn to oscillate and step into my feminine and receive as well. So that's been 
that's been my learning during lockdown. I hosted a podcast with Beth Schneider at the Feminine Leadership Online Summit. And we, we interviewed a whole lot of different people at that uh, is available still to see. And it was fascinating. Where can, people, where can people find it? Just Probably the easiest is to go to the Facebook group, the Feminine Leadership Online Summit, okay. and then the link is all there. That's okay. the best. Ask to join the group and then we'll let you in and then we'll you'll see all the links for the summit are there it was really amazing we had 23 different speakers parenting sexuality money entrepreneurship side hustles so my learning from a self-care point of view in a, in the professional space i have had to learn to push but also to receive so yeah, that's been my self-care from a business. And days where I just go, actually, I'm just going to take this morning off. Yeah. It off. Just I'm listening gonna... to your own body and what you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then how can people reach out to you? If somebody wants to reach out to you, maybe they want to work with you. They want to have a conversation with you, collaborate. They need support from you. How does a person get a hold of you? So the through my website is probably the easiest, which is www.leejoymynameonthescreen.co.za. Uh, and then I'm on social media with Leejoy Inspires, with LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook, um, all under Leejoy Inspires. And email lee at leejoy.co.za. So yeah, I would okay. love to... Love, love people to reach out and, reach and if out, I can't yeah. help them I'm connected to amazing network of coaches therapists counselors so uh, yeah p- please feel free to to touch base with me and and let's see what how I can help yeah I'll definitely add all your links um, to the description box whether it's on the podcast or the channel I think it's just always easier sometimes if you're listening to someone because I like just quickly going to search as, as I hear things to just say it so people can hear it but thank you so much for this conversation I think it's been such a beautiful conversation thought-provoking conversation I think that's going to make people think of things that they might not have thought of before in the way that you've laid them out today Oh, such a pleasure to be with you, Busi. I really love what you're doing, and I I really want to honour you for for keeping on keeping on. You know, I know what it's like to run a channel and a podcast, and and to stay fresh and and excited and enthusiastic and passionate about what you're doing. And I see that, oh, and thank I you. really want to thank you. Thank you for inviting me back. It's been a pleasure to be with your we viewers. We always have the best conversations. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. My name is Busi, and I thank you once again for listening.